You haven't lived until you've heard the show Americans are talking about. The show that launches its listeners to the height of humanity. The audio hour that travels the landscape of adventure. The sound that comforts more than the clip of your first bolt. <sighs> it's the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show! <laughs> Outdoor Adventure Summits the Airwaves. It's the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. I'm your host, Brandon Long, on belay with you for the next hour. In studio with me is the one and only Todd to the top. Todders? It's Thursday already. It's Thursday already. It's, <laughs> this week has flown by. It has flown by. It's Valentine's Day. So for those uh, who, who didn't get the memo on Facebook yet, you know, the day's halfway over, but maybe there's time. Quick, go get something. Yeah, go get something. She'll never know. She'll never know. There is still time. Um, so today is, um, you know, we'll ping off of what the shop's doing down there at the For the Love Show. This is the For the Love Show. And, um, you know, if you have any, if you have any uh, requests, we'll take them live on Facebook, Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show, on our Facebook page. And in the meantime, we will talk about love, right? This right here uh-huh. is... Uh, the Sappy Show. Now, this is the Sappy Show. The Temper Trap. Need your love. I love these guys. That's a, great one. That's a good song. Love these guys. So we do have some news and some events coming up, uh, including a big event this weekend for Ogden is the Banff Mountain Film Festival is strolling through town. This is my favorite. Now, um, the Todd, world tour. Yeah, the world tour. I know that uh, Sundance is your favorite. The Banff Mountain Film Festival weekend is my favorite. And there's two days of love. This weekend, Saturday and Sunday. It's not Friday, Saturday. It's Saturday, Sunday. At the Egyptian, 15 bucks each evening or $25 for both nights. And that's cost-effectively, I think, the best decision on that. Yeah, get two tickets, and then if you don't go the second night, give your ticket away to someone who deserves it, like me or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Um, Makes a good date night or two, too. I'm just saying. So if you forgot about Valentine's today, you can... Get online to Pierce Egyptian Theater. I, it's like PierceEgyptianTheater.org or something like that. Just search it. You'll find it. Buy or tickets. Buy some tickets. Buy some tickets. And print it plan. off at home. Put it in a little card. There you go. You're good to go. So Saturday, we're here for Sunday you. Saturday or Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we do have, uh, you know, just news and events that we'll cruise through. It'll be a pretty laid back show because it is uh, for the love, <laughs> or for the love Valentine show. That's all we. So let's get started with a little Todd to the Top intro, shall we? Dun, 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 We're charging now. He summits with the agility of a mountain goat. Flashes routes faster than UPS. The part's true. He's more intimate in the mountains than Jake Gyllenhaal. Also no true. comment. <laughs> Todd, to the top. Also true. <laughs> Very good. Very good, very good, yeah. I didn't know if that second part was also true, but it is still <laughs> As true. it turns out, it is. I As think most of us out. are. We're maybe a little bit shy to say it, but we're intimate in the outdoors. It has something to do with being in nature, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure, once you get outdoors. Really very primal about it, yeah. I think you're right about that, <laughs> yeah. Good news, however, to announce, um, we're, we read the newspaper, so you don't have to. Ogden Canyon. We skim the news so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, some, we I stole that from somewhere, I'm sure. But uh, Ogden Canyon Road will be open today. Liar, don't tease me. I'm dead serious. I don't lie on Valentine's. Now that the weather's over, it's open. Man, it's gorgeous. I was driving here with the windows down. It's spring today. Cody Jordan blasting on the radio, and it is like spring today. What is up with that? But uh, it's supposed to snow this weekend, so. It's These are the teases we get. <laughs> little spring tease, and then we'll get hit again. The Utah Department of Transportation spokesman Vic Saunders said the Canyon Road, the Canyon Road, will open today as many area residents are expected to patronize restaurants and other establishments in Ogden Canyon and the Ogden Valley for the holiday. Ogden City is replacing a nearly century-old water line in the canyon, much of which runs down the middle of State Route 39 of the Canyon Road. So, 
Crews close the Canyon Highway to all traffic nightly to speed the replacement of the line and reduce daily impacts to motorists as much as possible. The project is slated to be completed by early June, so a while from now. But it is open. They're not closing anything tonight because they know you little lovebirds are going to be out there in the canyons and you're going to need to travel through there maybe at like, you know, midnight. One, two, three, if it's a good night. So (laughs) we'll see. But yeah, the canyon road is open. You can go celebrate however you... Don't don't let that stop you, in other words. So now I have a question for you. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Okay, good. How long do bears live? I think upwards of, I don't even know, 15 to 20 years is my guess. That's a good guess. Yeah, that's a good guess. That's kind of what I would think because, um, I don't know, do you ever see a lot of old bears, gray bears hanging around? The, no, the but outdoors? I know Bart the Bear, the actor, he lived a long time. It seems like he was making movies for 20-something years. So In captivity-ish. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Because I know he had his little yeah. wilderness experience in Montana or wherever he lived. Or was that... Yeah. Anyway, but no, uh, they found a bear. Uh, It's the oldest known wild bear in the world, 39 years old. Wow. Yeah, they have a radio frequency thing, and they pointed their antenna into the pines of Chippeway National Forest near Marcel last week, and they um, they they had some of those high pitched chirps back, you know, and they said, ah, there's our bear, and they went to check it out, and there she was, resting peacefully in her den at 39 years old. What's her secret? Uh, berries. <laughs> organic berries. Organic berries. <laughs> <laughs> it says no known bears of any species have lived longer in the wild based on age estimates from teeth taken from harvested bears. That includes more than 60,000 uh, 60, specimens in just, just in Minnesota and, the, and at least a million overall. Several hundred yards from the road, we could see the den. And they're, uh, a healthy under- diet, good living. Uh, a lot of sleep, I'm guessing. I guess, so, yeah. I mean, if you sleep four or five months out of the year in hibernation, <laughs> and then you, yeah. I think you know. There's plenty of college students we could ask about that exact same <laughs> question. Yeah. They counted seven rings in her teeth. What? That, yeah, they extracted from Is her in 1981 when she was first captured and radio collared that Reliable aging technique indicated the bear had been born in 1974. Weird. That's the same year I was born, for those who care. Uh, researchers tracked her now because they th- her longevity is so remarkable. Yeah. Well played, bear. Man, why aren't they tracking me or you? Jeez. We're not bears. They don't care. They don't care. Good honor. So, Outside Magazine sometimes posts stories that doesn't... I don't really know. They don't really have a lot to do with the outdoors. Have you noticed that? But this, yeah, but I still like their. I they have great. They have they're a great news media outlet. Yeah. But if it's you're going there for a, just outdoorsy stuff, you'll get more. You'll get some of. The, I'm going to tell you the story because hey, if it's good enough for outside, it's good enough for us. Um, <laughs> My brother must be listening to the show. He just texted. Fozzie is 45. Fozzie's 45. Fozzie Bear didn't know that. Yogi is 60 years old. It's Smokey the Bear is about 75, so I stay corrected. Amen. <laughs> 39's in the prime of her life. Thank you, Corey. Yeah. You must have accidentally stumbled across the show. That's from DC. <laughs> well, there you go. Well played Fozzie and Yogi. That's great. Yeah, those guys are doing great. Um, now, I don't know if you remember Oscar Pistorius. This is a crazy <laughs> story. He's a Paralympic sprinter, and he, wa- he made the Olympic Games as he doesn't have any anything below the knees right he's he's got like prosthetics below the knees mm-hmm. and he made the olympics well like he was just at the last olympics is this the blade runner blade runner they used this to is, call him. yeah they call him blade runner yeah he's in a little trouble isn't he though mm-hmm. he was charged with murder today killed his girlfriend i do you know stuff about that like, I, I didn't just even, read it last night you did really yeah uh, i just saw this yeah, today after his supposedly girlfriend. allegedly what's allegedly. the word for it? he hasn't been convicted Sup- so. allegedly yeah, his girlfriend was fatally shot in his home. You know, she took the blades and went give them back, and then it went downhill from there. <laughs> that's got it. Yeah, that's sad. Uh, we, all, we certainly know him from the Olympic he, Games, though. He was, like, big time. Yeah, the 26-year-old Blade Runner competed in the 4x400-meter relay at the 2012 London Olympics. He won two gold medals at the Paralympics. No one could catch him. He's pretty fast. He's a really athletic guy, and apparently... Shoots well at close range. It's absolutely terrible. 
Uh, more on that story later as it evolves, because I just, I just heard about it today. Uh, leading Everest worker, Angnima Sherpa has died at the age of 59. What happened? Angnima Sherpa died in his village of uh, Pengboche at age 59 on uh, I don't know, January 25th. He was the leader of one of the longest serving members of the Icefall Doctors. Pengboche? <laughs> I think you nailed it there, yes. 30% sure that's how they say that, yeah. A group of high altitude workers. This is what they do for a living. They maintain the line of fixed ropes and ladders through the Kumbu Icefall to Camp 2. And most of those guys... The Sherpas, from what I've heard, they really don't like the ice fall because that's where a lot of deaths occur. Um, and their job is to maintain the, the line and the fixed ropes up there. The passage uh, accesses the normal routes up Everest, Nupsi, and the Lhotse and is used by hundreds of climber each, climbers each year. Dr. Lu, Luan Freer lived next to Ang Nima in the Everest Base Camp for 10 years. And Freer established the Everest Emergency Room to provide health care for Sherpas, porters, and expedition climbers. We had a little joke. Every time we saw each other, we'd walk up, shake hands, say, hello, doctor, to each other. He just laughed with his distinctive deep laugh. She said, <laughs> I heard him wake in the morning with his characteristic chanting, saying his mantra as he went about his day was a soothing and regular audio treat for all of us next door. Hang Nima. Everest bad A is what you call the guys like that. Um, he first went to Everest in 1975 with Chris Bonington's expedition, which ended in the first ascent of the Southwest Ridge by Doug Scott. Now, Doug Scott was here in Ogden not very long ago, giving a little chat and uh, signed some Everest posters for us. They're actually up at the Gear 30 Lounge. You can see those if you go down to the shop down there. And um, so, yeah, he that's pretty cool that he was with them. And Doug Hastel in, in the death of Mick Burke back then. So, in the following 37 years, Ang Nima worked on several of the mountain's major routes, including the West Ridge, Southwest Face, South Pillar. In 2006, he said he lost track of how many times he'd been to Everest, but he believed it to be more than 30. Now, it doesn't say how many times he summited, but how many times he'd been to Everest. So, pretty cool. There you go. What? Sad he died, but he had a cool life. We had a couple... Uh, skiers who hit trees and they died. So if you're skiing, avoid the trees. And like, like we like to, you know, ski between trees. I know and try and burn as fast as we can. But just miss the trees. Wear a helmet. Do what you can because two people have died just recently. The Summit County Coroner has identified the victim as Robert Redmond, a 45, not Redford, Redmond, 45 years old. He was descending. Breckenridge's Intermediate Columbia run on peak eight on Sunday when he lost control, collided with a tree. He was wearing a helmet. Doesn't always save you, but it helps. Um, Redmond was transferred to St. Anthony Hospital in Lakewood, Denver suburb. He was pronounced dead shortly after. The other death is even more tragic. I mean, this guy at least was was middle-aged. Um, if 90 is the end date now, I'm not sure. Maybe 50s, officially middle-aged. A 10-year-old British girl hit a tree dying while skiing in Austria. Uh, she's un unidentified, probably just because she's so young. A uh, 10-year-old British girl died Monday after a weekend skiing accident in uh, the Tyrol, Tyrol region. Resort popular with the Britons. She was skiing on a Sunday afternoon with her father and brother on their last run of the day when she reportedly lost control, careened off the marked uh, sight and into a tree. Local police officials indicate her mother had opted to ride the ski lift back down and was thus not present when the incident occurred. The girl was airlifted to a hospital and she died the following day. This is not good. Check your speed, watch the trees. That's game. Now, this is, I don't really, I'm not really sure what's going on here with this story. I'll help you. Ghostbusters. Okay. The Ghostbusters, right? Right. From the real movie. Ghostbusters. Yeah, the real Ghostbusters. Uh -huh. um, but, okay, so we got that far. Now, it's imposters of the real Ghostbusters. They're going to appear at Beach Mountain. Not, no, that's confusing right there. It's Beach, B-E-E-C-H, not like a beach and a mountain. Beach Mountain Retro Ski Weekend. It's the second annual Total 80s, Total 80s Retro Ski Weekend, which just sounds like a lot of fun. It takes place... 
February 22nd through 24th at North Carolina's Beach Mountain Ski Resort, which that's a huge one. I don't know. <laughs> North Carolina. Go ski North Carolina. Will include multiple appearances by the Carolina Ghostbusters. They're a Charlotte-based Ghostbusters team. And they'll be in Beach Mountain all weekend with the Ecto-1, an authentic replica of the famed Ecto-Mobile from the Ghostbusters movie. Is there a ghost problem up there? There's a huge ghost problem up there. A lot of green ones. They will make a Friday evening appearance at the famous Fast Eddie's Deli and Bar before moving to the ski village at Beach Mountain Resort for Saturday and Sunday. The Ghostbusters will also judge Saturday night's Ski and See... It's ski, capital N, capital C, dot com, 80s apparel contest at the resort. The contest winner receives 500 bucks. 500 bucks for looking good like you were from the 80s. That's crazy. It says we're always excited at the ways the decade of the 80s comes back and the different places we get to go, says Doc Gurusi, captain of the Carolina, Carolina Ghostbusters. Big news week, huh? Um, it's huge. <laughs> now, these Ghostbusters, you know, I'm, just, I'm looking at them here. They got the outfits... They have the car. They've got the ecto gun thing too, and they're just a little. I don't know how to put this in a friendly way. Uh, don't be friendly. We're never going to see them. Okay, yeah, they they weigh way more than the actors do. Well, no, yeah. they might weigh what the actors do now. That's there. So this could be them, actually. <laughs> yeah. 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 They've no, gotten a little bigger. These are some big folks. Yeah. But good luck. I think it'd be fun. I bring that story up, even though it is a slow news week and there's no show prep, so that maybe a you know, a resort around here might bring that same flair, the '80s dress up idea, to yeah. the to a local resort. Especially once be a lot it starts warming up, I think it'd be perfect to do that for sure. I'll bet they do. Yeah, I'm not aware, but they need to. Yeah, there's some guys, and they owned. I'll just give you the summary of this. They owned Utah's Elk Meadows Resort. And they were money laundering, and they got busted. So there you go. They were trying to lesson. Yeah, they they were trying to turn it into. They were trying to turn Elk Meadows Resort. It's out. It's east of the town of Beaver in southwestern Utah into like a three point five billion dollar club for trophy homeowners with amenities including like a private ski area, a golf course designed by Jack Nicholas, um, and they took everyone's money and. Wonder didn't, how much of the three point five they raised didn't do good for that. Yeah, uh, who knows? That stuff makes me so mad. Yeah. Oh, here's the uh, here's the I have two. The story is twice. Olympic Oscar Pistorius is charged with murder. That is just not good. This one here though is from KSL, so you can actually find it on your local KSL. You don't have to go to the outside magazine if you don't want to. Uh, there was a weekend avalanche avalanche injury. Last weekend, 41-year-old skier was buried up to his neck Sunday in an avalanche. It underscored the danger of adventure sought by hundreds every weekend in the Wasatch Mountains east of Salt Lake City or Ogden. Thank you, Standard. Um, this is actually it was by the Associated Press, the AP. Local guys didn't write this that I know of. So far this winter, avalanches have trapped 25 people and killed two young brothers snow, snowmobiling near Heber City, according to High Beard, uh, the Utah Abbey Center. <laughs> Snowpack conditions change every year, and the last year was a particularly deadly year for avalanches, mainly because of the sparse and weak layers of snow. Last year was terrible. If You, you just could not skin anywhere last year. This year is much better. Eight skiers and snowmobilers were killed by slides, double the average for Utah, and 124 people were trapped. Experts say a thin, sugary snowpack can make for more deadly slides than deeper, consolidated slow. So, anyway, be avi aware. I know that uh, Slackwater had an avalanche class talk. Really, it was more of a chat uh, last week. And then I know Gear 30 will have one coming up on and later in February. So that's good. So we last week we chatted about the uh, snowmobiler guy from the X Games who didn't yeah, didn't away. didn't make it and he, he passed away. So the X Games has scrubbed the snowmobile freestyle demo. It's going to be held in France. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Probably right not now. a good time to do that. Yeah, X Games will cancel a snowmobile freestyle demo at the next stop in. How do you say the? 
everybody that knows any French at all knows how to say the is it is tig tig the t i g n e s tines. Let's just tignus. Say that. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's okay. In Ogden, we would pronounce it tignus. But it's probably no, it's tines. Except the S would probably be silent. They're probably like tigna. Tigna. Yeah, yeah tigna. You're right. Anyway, they yeah, so they're not doing it there next month. As organizers as organizers review the safety protocols in the wake of Caleb Moore's death. I don't know what safety protocols you put in when you're you have like a two thousand pound sled. Oh sorry, they're four hundred and fifty pounds. Um, land on you other than like not do the sport. But that takes the fun out and the enjoyment out of a lot of these kids' life when they just push things to and that's the other thing is they they push themselves, you know. Yeah, there's some competition, there's some reward, there's sponsorships and stuff. But a lot of these guys are just so competitive. They'll. I think when th- when things happen, you know, it's probably worse on family and friends than them. Like, I mean, they're going to push it and they're going to push it and they're going to push it. Moore died last month from injuries he sustained when his 450 pound sled rolled over him after a backflip gone wrong in Aspen, Colorado. The tragedy left everyone involved, snowmobilers, the people who issue the permits for the event, and the programmers at ESPN, which sanctions and televises the X Games, re-examining the, the sport. Yeah, you better believe it. In a statement released Tuesday, X Games officials said, our review of the snowmobile, snowmobile freestyle continues. This being said, like, yeah, they push things because I saw a video and I it just was something I happened to catch on Facebook. I'm not sure who put it up there. Some kid, I think you, I think the competition was in uh, uh, Australia, or maybe the, the the competitor was from was Australian. Did a double backflip on his dirt bike with a whip thrown in in the middle. So it was a double backflip whip. It's amazing to watch. If you Google maybe double backflip whip or something, you'll find it. It's the first ever landed, and they're interviewing like his buddies, and they're like, "That's ridiculous! Like, who does that?" He just shows. No one's ever seen one. He shows up to a competition and just lands his first ever double back flip whip on a dirt bike and steals the show. But it was done at the. Um, it's the, it's the it's the tour. They tour around and they do a Nitro Circus. It was uh-huh. a Nitro Circus deal, I believe. So yeah, it was like some comp with the Nitro Circus thing and. Uh, he pulled it off, and but that's sort of the point. Is is the the now other kids are going to see that, and try it because they want to best him. And oh, of course they do, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's called sport. Absolutely. Yeah, buddy. Well, plus part of that, and all you have to do is just Google anything online, like YouTube or any of these, and that's you know you love to see them land it. But I mean, at the same point, there's plenty of people that love to see the crashes. I mean, that's people love to watch that happen. How many like, fail videos are there right oh, now? Everywhere. And even the yeah. people that go to these events, like the X Games and things, you know, that's, I mean, you want to see people like Biff it on the slope, you know what I mean? <laughs> I haven't people heard love Biff that. it for a while. I'm glad <laughs> Did you I just show that. my age? I think so. <laughs> people do want to see people Biff it, I'm pretty sure, yeah. That's true. There's many, I mean, you know, the, the videos, the f- funniest videos, and then Rob Dyrdek's, uh MTV show, Ridiculousness, it's all pretty much based on people eating crap. Oh, they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they... They just don't make it, and then they show up on shows like that. So that's perfect. Now, um, Ski Mountaineering Championships are going on right now. The 2013 Ski Mountaineering World Championships. And I wish they knew where they were. This is on the RAB blog. I, I'm i just telling you this so that you can go look it up, basically, because it looks like a blast. Um, and we'll move on. And on further news, something else is happening somewhere. Look it up. Um, Jeremy Jones made an article in the Wall Street Journal, which I found cool. Nice. On the mountain, Jeremy Jones stays on the lookout for the best snow. Quote, you know, or you kind of throw the maps out the window. It all comes from spotting with your eyes. There's a picture of him in Austria. After days of uh, snowshoeing to the tops of impossibly tall Alaskan peaks, then snowboarding down, terrifying vertical cliffs, Jeremy Jones spots something in the distance. It's a vision nobody in the rest of his group can see. A sliver of snow amid a cluster of jagged rocks he calls no man's land. The 38-year-old veteran pro snowboarder slogs to the top in a jacket and snow pants, of course, because why would you do it naked? Uh, Board on his back, then plunges into a series of graceful S shapes. This is the finest snowboard riding there is. But this, you have to understand, this is the Wall Street Journal. Uh, They introduce him. Mr. Jones is a free rider snowboarder who roams the world looking for wild hills that offer the best runs. 
His adventures are at the center of the complex operation involving two month-long trips per year to remote dangerous locations in order to film a three-documentary trilogy on which I have seen two, deeper and further, and in roughly two years, higher. The trips have included... Oh, and I believe we got deeper and further down there at the Gear 30 shop that we can show, which would be sweet. Um... The trips have included Alaska's Wrangell Mountains, the Japanese Alps, Australia's Austria's Carwindo Range. His total, uh, oh, sorry, his rotating travel group has roughly a dozen, including colleagues such as, Nor- oh, this is the people he goes with, Norwegian champion Terje Hoxson, backcountry expert Lucas Dabari, as well as his film crew, which is produced by Teton Gravity Research. Nothing but the best. It was started by... Jones's Jones's older brothers, Todd and Steve, in 1996. What are you? Did you know that? Started Teton Gravity Research. That's up. So, yeah. A nice organization. Wow. Yeah, they sort of have an in there with Jones being as good as he is and his uh, hard charging and is as, and as, as intelligent as he is in the backcountry. So, there's a full article that talks about his background, what, how he got into the sport. Uh, he also says, he ends it by saying... I'm not retiring at 40. <laughs> How old is he now? 38. Mm-hmm. There's hope. Some of his sponsors. Do you remember Swatch? Of course I do. They still make them. Sponsor Jones. Nice. Yeah. Along with Cliff Bar. Yeah, but yeah. He's got uh, some good sponsors. Rode his boards. Oh my gosh, they're amazing. I have a spinning wheel of death, a rainbow wheel of death on here, but... Um, I was going to get to this next event. We do have a couple events coming up. Oh, I ran across an event while yeah. you're looking that up. Sure. The uh, And it's sort of related just because we have fun when we go down there. Today through Sunday, so the 14th through the 17th, at the Southtown Expo Center is the big RV show. You know I'm going. You going down? Yeah, today. Tonight. What? Yeah, why not? I want to see the new. You got to pick up some uh, Airstream stuff for me. Well, the last couple uh, we went to... They did not bring airstreams in. I don't, what? Yeah, I don't know what the deal. Forget it. Why go? Literally, right. forget what? it. Why go? Why? How could you leave that out? That is my dream setup: is the LR3 Land Rover with the airstream, and I don't even care at this point which airstream. You know, no, no, that's you the just, thing. I mean, you, you just get one. Find you pass one. them to your kids. They pass them to their kids. They pass them to their kids. I mean, you have it forever. If they're good, en- if it's good enough for Matthew McConaughey, it's to good live enough. In naked. For, yeah, exactly. Yeah, with his bongos with his and bongos. weed. Yeah, it's <laughs> we don't know about that. <laughs> we don't. Know. Yes, exactly. But we do know he's naked with the bongos. <laughs> So yeah. check out the RV show. There's uh, coupons available online because it's up to nine bucks this year. Nine bucks for no Airstream, whatever. No, yeah. I'm looking up exhibitors now. The Airstream has got to be back. Oh, yeah, please do. So anyway, planning ahead. Now, today's Valentine's Day for the love. If you haven't figured that out, uh, now you know. Also, if you're a little behind on things, plan ahead this year with St. Patrick's Day. Well, that is coming up. They're going to have a concert with Lucas. Are you yawning? There was no yawning. I don't know what you're talking you. about. <laughs> this is a long, <laughs> deep breath this is what that was. Radio show. You don't point out my yawn. <laughs> you don't point out that I'm not wearing pants. There's all sorts of things you do not point out. That's true. That's Thank true. You. We'll have to start over <laughs> on those rules. Uh, St. Patrick's Day concert with Lucas Nielsen and Promise of the Real. They are returning to the Wasatch on St. Patrick's Day to play a how free did, outdoor concert on the patio of Earl's Lodge at Snow Basin. How'd they score whatever that last band was you just said? Yeah, Lucas is no stranger to Utah as he's played several large shows in Park City, Salt Lake City areas from large sellout crowds all over the country, countless festivals and everything in between. He lands on March 17th in Huntsville, Utah for a free outdoor ski show for the ages. Snow Basin, honored and proud to be hosting this live music event. Moreover, Snow Basin is extremely excited to be sharing this event with its loyal patrons. This is our way of saying thank yous for supporting us this season. This is all on the Snow Basin blog. So along with the concert beverages, <clears throat> adult, multiple food stations, and VIP area tickets are 20 bucks. will be available at the patio that day, including green beer and other St. Patrick's Day, you have to throw in the word at some point, shenanigans. The VIP area will be serving. <laughs> I had shenanigans yesterday. Oh, my gosh. You did? Yeah. I got with your cousins and the whole day shenanigans. Like All day. The afternoon until the wee hours. It was. I'm surprised it, you made it. There was a lot of shenanigans. I bet. I could hardly talk this morning. 
Uh, well, I'm glad you're here and made it. Thank you. Gave you some time to sleep in. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. The VIP area will serve a full bar. And besides great exclusive viewing, a take-home refillable cup. They'll Shut up. Of, yeah. Shut up. It rarely happens, but this time you'll get it. As well as a CD signing from Lucas Nelson and members of Promise of the Real. Done. Done, right? I can't uh, you can you can't really purchase time. tickets though until March first for that. So you can go to put it on the calendar on your phone. It'll remind you the day before. Set your deal, whatever. Whatever that works. Yeah. Yeah. Promise of the real dot com for more information, or go to snowbasin.com, their blog, and uh, you'll figure it out from there. You want to talk about Banff? Yeah, I do. Okay, so we're talking about the uh, on that note. The oldest bear, right? Yeah. And so it got me thinking some of the other animals out there, right? Right. Oldest deer. What do you think? Ooh, not very old. Now, this is the only thing I could get in this in this time was just, this is like a white-tailed, but I assume that the deer are probably about the same. So what's your what's your thought uh, for like def- an old Definitely deer? not going 37 or whatever the bear was. I'm thinking, well, it started in my head in the teens, but maybe they got up to like 22, 24. I think teens would probably be a pretty good call. Yeah. No, this is uh, in 2002, the oldest. Her name was Elizabeth. Oh, sweet. So clearly she was a wild deer. <laughs> and you would find this information in Deer Farmer, very, very deer farmer Digest. And deer I know you subscribe to Deer yeah. Farmer Digest. <laughs> anyway, Elizabeth uh, was 24 years old. 24. 24-year-old deer. Darn so. near nailed it there. Yeah, Deer Farmer Digest. Would you believe I forgot to renew my subscription to that? <laughs> That's <Sorry>. just embarrassing. <laughs> now you're going to have to pay that much more. Right, yeah. Exactly. But I could get their little um, beer can opener keychain thing that they send out. <laughs> and <laughs> a fanny pack. Right, yeah. You never know. Well, it comes in handy. your deer feed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Anyway, so we were talking about BAMP. Is that the only one you found was the deer? Yeah, but okay. I got to find another old animal. Find this is kind of interesting curious to me. about, like... Porcupines, because there's so many that I see on the road. See, that's a tough one though, because there's not like porcupine farms. How do they and stuff. track porcupines? They don't really collar porcupines because no. they're just everywhere. Skunks are kind of annoying too when you come across them. And and how do you know how old they are? Do you count them? The rings on their tails, I think, or how putrid the smell is that or maybe when they count spray the, you. The quills on the yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'll have to look that. I up. don't know. Bath Mountain Film Festival. It is presented by the Ogden Valley Winter Sports Foundation again. As always. Yep. Yep. They present the annual Banff Mountain Film Festival World Tour. At it's, the Egyptian Theater. It's the OVWSF for short. I don't even know. I think that's for long. <laughs> OVWSF. SF, yep. Yeah. Uh, they will present two days of screenings with different films at each screening. That is this weekend. Get the full experience by attending both nights for $25 or $15 for each evening. All proceeds go to, well, I don't know about all proceeds, but it goes to help the Ogden Valley Winter Sports Foundation. Come to the Banff Mountain Film Festival for adventure, for excitement, for the inspiration of mountain stories, for swag. Typically, yeah, swag, they, will give they forgot to mention that. Yeah. That is true. Good point. You get your ticket, and I never win these things, and they give away like skis, and and then they, I don't even win. Usually, like, what it is, it's somebody rolls. in front of us to the right. Is that what it is? Winds right there. And so wherever we sit, it's always the person right there. So if we sit at the front right, we're there. There's always going to be somebody. (laughs) Someone's going to go sit in the aisle way or something. Um, If you haven't, for whatever reason, been to Peerage Egyptian Theater, just go for that experience alone. Yeah. Uh, Where'd you get here? So it runs Saturday and Sunday um, for all of our fan out there. We're going to be going on Saturday night, probably, if you want yeah. to get something high. <laughs> Our fan. Did you just singular the fan? <laughs> Experience the exhilarating beauty of mountain landscapes. Meet the world's top. Ad- meet the world's. You don't really meet. These aren't mediocre adventures. No, they're not. But when it says meet, I don't necessarily think they're they're there. Like, they're not signing autographs. However, in Through the film. crowd, there's people like us. Like, oh, we're there. You absolutely. Know? Yeah. You could, we're top adventurers. I'm all your, sure. all your peeps will be in the crowd. Yeah. And if you have to tell people you're a top adventurer, <laughs> you're again. probably not a top adventurer. Uh, listen to their stories, relive their challenges and reconnect with adventure. So this, the lineup for Saturday, it's a total of, are you serious? 16 films on one night? No. Well, some might be shorter than others. 
That's 137 minutes of runtime. No, that's February 16th. Oh, thank you. Yeah, geez, I was like, that's a ton of. There's no way I'm not going. <laughs> My attention span Game is like over. two hours tops. Oh, I can't do this. Yeah. Okay, next. Yeah, no, sorry. Thank you. Appreciate that. Clarify the date. The 16th, Saturday. It's 137 minutes of runtime. That's shorter than your your average movie when you go out there. Okay, so uh, Ernest, the United States, 2012. It's five minutes. That's right, five minute film directed by Sam Samuel Bricker. Says you will fall in love with Ernest. A short portrait of one of the last vanishing breed of mountain man, Ernest Wilkinson from Colorado, as he explains what your best survival tool is in the mountains. Surprisingly, Ernest's lessons are just as relevant in the mountains as they are for the rest of our lives. I so love mountain men. Ernest will kick off the show, and that'll be pretty fun. I hope he has an amazing mountain man beard. I wouldn't doubt that. The, the second in line, so right after Ernest, and I don't know how you follow that, is The Last of the Great Unknown. Also from the United States. It was uh, filmed in 2012 or released in 2012. I don't know what that date actually means. Uh, it is 23 minutes long, directed by Dan Ransom, produced by John Harlan III and Rich Rudow. The Grand Canyon is an immense place, almost unfathomable in scale. One of the last places in the West to be explored. Deep within this vast wilderness run concealed tributaries, hiding some of the canyon's most remarkable features, enchanting slot canyons and the secrets deep within their walls. So I can't tell if that's like just a scenery film, like they're just going to like do scenery shots or if that's an adventure of people going into a slot canyons or not. This is all we know. This is all we know. You've got to do a little bit of work on your end to find out more about this or just show up. Yeah. Uh, The third film on Saturday is Industrial Revolution. This is out of Great Britain, also from last year. It's only five minutes long. It's by Stu Thompson. Stewie. World-renowned Irish. Uh, bad. Way bad. Scottish. Trial, tra, trail rider? Trial, trial rider. Trial, no, that's trail rider. Trial rider? It's a trail. It's, it's Danny kind of McCaskill. And I know, da- I mean, I don't know Danny, but I've watched his McCaskill. videos. Danny McCaskill. He's a he's trail rider. freaking unbelievable. Uh, he's at it again. It's... Uh, only this time he uses an abandoned ironworks for his playground. He's that guy on his Out mountain bike or whatever, all of the, and he's just insane. Looks on like it. an yeah. Ewok village. He's, cli- and he's on his, his bike, bike on and, it. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. So, and he's definitely Scottish. Jeez, I got uh, St. Patrick's Day on my mind. Then the next one for Saturday night is Crossing the Ice, and this one won the Festival Grand Prize. Uh, and the public choice and best adventure and exploration or for public choice and best adventure and exploration film. Uh, this comes out of Australia from last year. It's 44 minutes long. Sounds amazing. Australian, Australian adventurers, James Kostrisian and Justin Jones dare to tackle the perilous journey from Antarctica to the South Pole and back again. Completely unassisted. Just two men dragging their food and shelter across 2,237 kilometers because y'all know how far that is a barren ice like ice is never not barren after much planning and preparation Cass and Jones arrived to tackle one of the last great Antarctic odysseys but bummer they discover an eerie similarity to Captain Scott race in the South Pole there's a Norwegian on the ice they just come out of nowhere and he's more experienced and he's tackling the same record and he has a head start and a remarkable quest with an inspiring and emotional conclusion ensues and it doesn't say here i have a feeling that they fight to the death at the end i'm pretty sure the one person though is not left-handed and he switches to the right hand and wins the duel it's how over the top yeah uh then there's an intermission which i love because then you can go refill your beer i'm so glad we're covering this in such detail (laughs) (laughs) flow hunters uh this sounds like i wish it'd be flow hunters that would okay. be better. Flow Hunters. They, t- they lost their street cred on this one. Comes out of New Zealand from last year, nine minutes long, directed by John Forder. It's a group of some of the world's best paddlers and their uh, experience adventure as they risk and they explore some of New Zealand's most extreme whitewater. The film combines stunning cinematography with beautiful river runs and the heart-stopping dangers of running big rivers. Then we come to the Denali Experiment, which I really want to see. Stoked about this one followed by the last one on Saturday. This one sort of gets me going, though. It's directed by Jimmy Chin, uh, produced by Shannon Etheridge. 16 minutes long of the United States. This one is 2011, so it's a couple years old. But free, free ride skier Sage uh, 
boy. It's Catabriga Alosa. I see his name all the time, too. He's a big mountain snowboarder, along with big mountain snowboarder Lucas Dabari. They step out of their elements while heading toward the most ambitious goal to descend Mount Denali. But first, they must put everything they have into making the summit. So there you go. They're going to summit, snowboard, ski down Mount Denali. And then finally, Saturday night, Real Rock 7, Alex Honnold, 3.0. It won Best Climbing Film in the United States. It's 33 minutes long, directed by Josh Powell, Peter Mortimer, uh, Nick Rosen, Alex Louther. Um, <laughs> there's a mistype here. It says Alice Honnold. Pretty sure that's Alex. It's become known for the... It's uh, Alex's sister. It's, it's, <laughs> I knew that. I knew there was something. Uh, the boldest solo climber of his generation in this dangerous game. How does he balance pure ambition and self-preservation from bouldering first ascent to climbing massive walls without ropes and setting speed climbing records? Honnold wrestles with this question in preparation for his biggest adventure yet, the Yosemite Triple, which is absolutely insane. He now challenges himself to climb Mount Watkins, El Cap, and Half Dome in the infamous Yosemite National Park, 95% of it without ropes, all within a 24-hour period. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. You shouldn't... Like, this shouldn't even be possible. And I bet it's not repeated for a really long time. Is there another film after that on Thin Ice 2? It's a wacky one. Usually on there's, like, the little wacky ones. Oh, it ends with the weird one? Okay. Uh, it's Yeah, it's only two minutes long. It says, slide away with simple pleasure, skating, bathing, and a little vodka. That's, a good That's how you end your Saturday night at a film fest, folks. Oh, And next week's show, we'll tell you what happened on Sunday. No, I don't know. <laughs> Or was that the whole thing? No. Sunday's the next day. That would be Wait the day after Saturday. The day after Saturday? Are you sure? Was that? Did I just read? That was yeah, Saturday's Saturday. run. Is Sunday on a different page? Oh, so confusing. So confusing. Yeah, Sunday is on a different page. So maybe we won't cover Sunday in as much depth. Banff Mountain Film Festival... I have a, hundreds of these. Where's the... Sundays is two hours again. I found it somehow. Now let's see what oh, there we it have. Is. Okay. First one's called Huck. Uh, Whitewater. Oh, that's I the Whitewater, the Whitewater one. Whitewater yeah, ones. okay. I got, with Evan Garcia. That's the a good one. The second one's Gone Curling. Whoa, stop me now. Outdoor Curling. It's Outdoor her, Curling. I don't even know what... Out, okay, I'm all down about that one. Yeah, next one's Gimp Monkeys. What has four legs, five arms, and three hands? The Gimp Monkeys. Three friends attempt the first all-disabled ascent of El Capitan. That's probably really cool to watch. Yeah, they're they're all disabled, and there's how many of them? How many people? They're having a little fun with themselves. Three friends. Oh, they have. That's Between hilarious. Them. Four legs, five arms, and three heads. Between the three of them. Between the three of them. Yeah. And they all climb El Cap. Ha! Huh, that's funny. Mountains in motion. Canadian Rockies, a beautiful place. 100% human-powered film using striking time-lapse photography. Oh, that's going to be a fun one to watch. And an original story to bring the landscape center stage and offer a thrilling new perspective of the Canadian Rockies. Dream Factory after that. That's a Teton Gravity Research production. I know that one, or I've seen a trailer yeah. for it. Um, it's going to be gorgeous. Yeah, for sure. And very high production values, typically with theirs. Yeah. And after you watch that, you're going to need to refill your beer so they have an intermission. And then it goes to Strength in Numbers, Special Edit. This is the world of mountain biking. It has many communities, apparently. While different riders follow different lines, they all end up in the same place. Tire to ground, foot to pedal, hand up bar. People drawn together by trails of dirt. It's a mountain See, biking this shows film. you why you really need to go to both nights because it's completely different. Yeah, if you whatever sports you're really into, if you're into mountain biking it looks know. like a lot more, you know, biking ones than the second day. Right. And kayaking on both nights. Those boating ones are amazing to watch. For sure. And that's some of the only reasons these guys do these incredible things is to film these amazing videos. Yeah, so that's this weekend. Banff Mountain Film Festival World Tour coming to Ogden, Perry's Egyptian Theater. Highly recommended. Yeah, let's sell it out. Um, 
Because you know what happens if we sell out both nights, Saturday and Sunday, they might do a third night and bring more films next time. Which? But I think they have to sell out both nights for like three years in a row or something. Like so that. they need to do. They do that in Salt Lake. So we need to. Do they really? Yeah. So we need to get our own. We need a third night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for the my land segment. Oh my lands! My lands! We really need to have a record that. We. My lands. Oh my lands! I lie, lie, lie. Environmental group score ski resorts. So these are, um, you know, the best run ski resorts based on, you know, what they what they're doing with protecting the environment. So, uh, <laughs> whatever. The SACC. There's some environmental group. Let's see. Let me find. You wouldn't happen to know what the SACC. Uh, ski Area Citizens Coalition. That's who they are. Okay, any guess? And now it's a Utah resort. Which Utah resort scored the highest? They scored an A in all four categories of habitat protection, protecting watersheds, addressing global climate change, and environmental policies and practices. It was this Utah resort. Park City. Park City Mountain Resort scored the highest. They're the winners. Woohoo! Good job, Park City. Um, the group's top 10 was rounded out by Stevens Pass, Washington, China Peak, California, Sugar Bowl, California, and then Park City's neighbors, Deer Valley, Utah, uh, and also the Canyons Resort made it in there, Aspen Highlands, Colorado, Aspen Mountain, Colorado, and Alpine Meadows, California. Now, by contrast, who was the worst resort in the United States, according to the SACC? Uh, not in Utah, by the way. It was the Arizona Snowball. Arizona and Snowball is kind of, yeah. Um, they earned the dubious distinction of the worst overall score, a D, with an F in the categories of addressing global climate change, which includes the subcategory conserving energy by avoiding new snowmaking and environmental policies and practices. Snowball last year won a decade-long legal battle with Native American tribes for the right to install to install snowmaking use. This is crazy. Install snowmaking using treated wastewater, which resort owners. So you're skiing on. Uh, resort owners assert they they assert that it's essential for the resort's survival. Look, if we don't have wastewater to make snow, we're shutting this place down. Is what is what the conversation came down to. Uh, the battle reached all the way to the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in San Francisco before the tribes finally exhausted their legal avenues to stop the project, and the, they lost. So anyway, they're number one on the We Suck at the Environment for uh, ski resorts. Rounding out the worst 10 is Breckenridge, Colorado, Mount Spokane, Washington, Steamboat, Colorado, Monarch, Colorado, Eldoro, Colorado, Colorado, get your stuff together, Bear Mountain, California, Snow Summit, California, and the only Utah resort on there on the low end was Solitude, Utah. The worst of the of the oh no, the worst of the worst, but the second to worst was Homewood, California. And they scored a D. There you go. They'll work on it. They'll work on it. Get your stuff together. That's all I have for this week's for the love. We didn't do any gear reviews, by the way. No, uh, but got, I, but let me tell you, minute. I'm wearing some sweet Scott. I can't remember the name. They're, but they're rockered running shoes. I think Protozumi rockers their shoes. I'm not positive. Pretty sure, though. Um, don't know who else does it. I'm, I'm liking the rocker because I they're really colorful. love the ultras. I'm into the zero drop wide toe box thing. And so anything without a zero drop is feels like I'm wearing heels. But because it's rockered, it really promotes like a midfoot strike and then propels you in your forward motion. And I'm finding... They're enjoyable to run in. Did four miles yesterday in them, four miles the day before in them. Um, and so far, so good. So we'll see how they, they react here over time. But I'm uh, just happy they propel you in a forward motion. I am too. So that's <laughs> I hate those shoes that propel you backwards. You're such a salesperson. <laughs> Can you believe that? Oh. What have you become? Jeez. Okay, one last question to the masses here. How old is the oldest mountain lion? Ooh. Mountain lion. Oh, my gosh. Cats live forever. But these are big cats. Yeah, they are big cats. I'm going with... Oh, man. Cats live for a really long time. Do cats outlive dogs mostly? Yeah. So, I'm going 40. No. No? Not even that long? 
The bear made it to 37, 38. A they, cougar can make it to 40. Come apparently on. not very healthy living. Oh. Oldest known mountain lion was Scratch, which of is a great name. Of course, for yes. Lion, yeah. Who died just two months shy of his 30th birthday. Prior to Scratch, oldest known mountain lion had been uh, 23. I was totally missing that because I was I was researching Facebook. What was the age of Scratch? 30. 30. 30 young. And then before that, the oldest was 23, so 30s. So now I wonder what the oldest Oldie. wolf was. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good question there. Let's see if I have time. We have one minute. Let's see. Oldest wolf ever. And then I will line up a song. I don't have a quote of the week. Just go out and love someone, I guess. Oh, that's, that's the like. quote right there. <laughs> Just love something. This will go out and love, you know, love something. Love your neighbor. Do whatever you need to do. Um, okay. Okay, I got your answer right here. How old is the oldest wolf? Oldest wolf. The oldest wolf ever recorded was... You were completely off on the other, so let's see how close you are on this. The oldest wolf? Uh, wolf's yeah. got to be... They're dogs. Let's so. go with, like, 15. 21. 21. Well, yeah, yeah, because th- this would be really pushing it to be the oldest. Yeah. 147 in human years. What? Are you serious? That's kind of funny. <laughs> That's an old dog. That's an old wolf. That's 21 years of avoiding cattle is what that is. Oh, my gosh. Cattle ranchers. Thank you for listening to the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show on 88.1 Weber FM, Ogden's radio station. And we shall leave you this week with, I'm looking for a love song. I can't find one. So maybe we'll have to do one that we've already heard about. I I really love Youngblood, Naked and Famous. Mm. I think we're just going to go with that. So until next time, thanks for listening to the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. And uh, the what, what do we name the show for the love? Yeah, we'll see you Saturday yeah. at the Banff. We'll see you this weekend at the uh, Banff Mountain Film Festival. At the Egyptian. Yep. Yeah, at the Egyptian. So there it is. Oh, Youngblood, Naked and Famous. Off of Passive Me, Aggressive You. Yeah. I don't, this song, it just doesn't get old for me. What am I saying?